Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to From the Boardroom to the Bedroom. Turn off, tune in, and turn on. Join sex and happiness coach Lori Handlers and executive coach Jen Koken as they traverse the worlds of sex, pleasure, power, and partnership. And now, please welcome Lori Handlers and Jen Koken. All right, all right, all right. As Matthew McConaughey often says, welcome back to another episode of From the Boardroom to the Bedroom. How to harness your energy to be a better leader. It's the, uh, what are we talking about here? The intersectionality between sex, sensuality, power, partnership. What else, Lori? And the use of power and the use of power power right so what so we're thanks jen we're talking to powerful women this this podcast is addressed to powerful women women who are their own solopreneurs entrepreneurs executives and in, in the c-suite level and we know that there's some difficulty uh in the power dynamic between being so high up in the work world and the, the work, the culture of work and the personal life, like there's conflict there, like how to manage the personal life. And so today we're talking about like how often sexual power is misused. Mm, yes. I saw a cartoon this morning, made me think of us. It, it was a woman, a man saying to a woman, I don't know, you just kind of a bit much. And he's well, in the cartoon, the guy says to the woman, I think you're a bit much. Yeah. And she says, yeah, then you just should find somebody who's less. I love that. Because how many, right? How many times have you and I been told we're too much, too bad? Exactly. Find I, someone who's less. I, I, it started with my mother. It wasn't even men saying that to me, but many men have said that to me. And I'm sure many men have said it to you. Yeah. And my mother t- told me that too, of just like, you're too much. You need to quiet down. You need to go, you know, go to your room, whatever. Yeah. What were we supposed to do? I mean, I said to my mother, I tried pouring water on myself. It didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> you baptized yourself as a Jew? I don't understand. You poured water on yourself. You're trying to clean yourself. You're a bit much. Here, take a bath. Get all I that muchness off you. I tried to make my fire go out. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you know, and I've done that before, you know, well, I was educated by her to, uh, if I was bowling with a young man who was taking me out to try and lose, like definitely not to beat him in the game of bowling, not to beat any man in the game of anything, chess, uh, you know, backgammon, like whatever. And, um, and I was like, no, if I could win in bowling, I want to win in bowling. If I'm a better athlete in some ways, I want to be a better athlete. I'm, why are men so weak? Why are their egos so weak that they can't just, you know, have friendly competition? What if I ride, which I have one in tennis against a man here or there? Not all men, but so why do we have to water that down? But the thing, the question is also like, is, is the power in our sexuality? Is the power in our athleticism? Are we using it against them? I, sometimes we are, but not yeah. for winning in bowling. No, no, it's interesting. You, I was trying to think to myself, I don't think my mother ever told me that, but I was a tomboy always growing up, you know, five foot 10, five foot nine by ninth grade tomboy was capture my rugby team in college. I played rugby because all the cute boys played rugby. But uh, I remember like watching my best friend who she, she lost her virginity in eighth grade. And that was like, what you did? What? What? She just wanted to get married. She was married at 19. Like she was, you know, very much on that track. And it was all about being feminine and all about like, he, he, he. and she would get this way that I didn't recognize. And I, ref I was like the opposite. I will not back down for you motherfuckers. Like I'm not going to douse my flame. And in a sense, when I got to college, I think we talked about this on one of the episodes that my mother never explained a thing to me about sex. She was too embarrassed. So she left out the joy of sex and our bodies ourselves, hoping I would read it. And so I lost my virginity on the night of my 17th birthday to some random guy who was another freshman because I just wanted it over with because everybody else was having sex. And then three weeks later, he dumped me. So I said, okay, well, I'm probably not supposed to have sex. And then the next guy I dated for three months, I refused to. And he dumped me because I wouldn't have sex with him. And I was like, fuck it. I'm horny. I'm gorgeous. 17, 18, I'm going to have sex, you know? And then there was like over a hundred men that I slept with over the course of like a period of time. And I, I think I slept with pretty much most of the rugby team. At least half of them, at least at least a third a half. You know what I mean? It's the way it is, man. That was the 80s, too. We did a lot of cocaine. At least I did for a little bit back then, too. It was the thing to do. Unprotected sex, right? Cocaine, getting whatever, getting your groove on. And I, I never found the balance, I guess it was, between my divine femininity, the divine masculine, because I put myself in this, I'll show you in response to people telling me I should be less or telling me to be a particular way. And I got real ornery yeah. about it. Yeah. And manipulative. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about. We're talking about today is how women use sexuality and sensuality as weapons to manipulate men. Mm. And manipulate themselves. Mm. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, if you could consider that um, 
I think we, we mentioned this, the survival of women up to a certain point, maybe the 20th century, the survival of women depended upon who they got to come into their lives, marry them and protect them from whatever the harms that were perceived in the, in the culture, in the universe, what have you. So women had to compete with each other to, to, to get, to try and get the best man available, the one who would be the best father, the best provider, the best, whatever. Okay. Things really changed when the birth control pill came. Mm. But one, that's like one of the, mo that's probably one of the most revolutionary things that ever happened. And, um, that came, like that came when I was 19. So what year was that? I'm asking for a reason because I found out a shocking fact. So go ahead. So if you can. Late 60s, I think um, 1968. Okay. Know. Yeah. So did you know this, that it wasn't until 1972 that birth control was legal for single women? Prior to that time, it was only married women who were allowed to have birth control. No, I didn't know that because my mother took me and I wasn't married. Well, I, I don't know if you're, if you had to have parental consent or something like that, yeah. because I was. By the time I, I was 16 when my mom took me, but I had horrible, horrible periods and we did it for, for that reason. But yeah, prior to 1972, women, single women by law were not allowed to have access to birth control. Mm. It was only for those that were married. Okay. So, so that, let's just say that when that happened, when single yeah. women could access uh, control over their own bodies, then things shifted. And so women, rather than having to like snatch somebody, snag someone, I guess we'd say like that, women started to be able to use their charm. I, you know, I don't know what to say about that, like their sexuality. Their wiles. Is that what it's called? Like the the feminine wiles? Is that that yeah. thing? Feminine wild or contrived or what have you. I mean, a lot of right. things. And I think that, um, I, I just think, I don't think, I don't, because women had to be indirect about this, you know, I'm not going to say that that urge to, to get somebody, to claim somebody, to snag somebody has gone away necessarily. I just think it's gone even more subterranean because women are freer. Women could do more what they want. I'm not. We're going to address Roe right here, right this minute. Mm -mm, mm -mm. But worms, bag of, don't open. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Luke Skywalker. Hmm. But I think that men, I hate to simplify it this way, but men don't, they don't, there's more simple in the way they think. I think that they just, they don't know. First of all, they don't know, men that I know, they don't know when someone really has a crush on them. They don't know when they're being manipulated. They don't know when they're, you know, when somebody is uh, offering something as a, as this, I'm putting this on the table for you. And, and now you, if you make a move towards it, you know, there's some obligation or there's some whatever. I Like, I just think that women know how to use things and, um, and then something happens when we get to the executive level that 
now we're more in the masculine all the time. And we also don't understand what's going on either. We don't like that. All of a sudden we got, uh, what is it called when you, uh, uh, amnesia about how we could use our sexuality or how our sexuality gets played out. I feel like we get uncomfortable or something. We have more responsibility in the world. We're more seen in the world. So now the seductress or the person that still wants to have sexual relations and wants to have someone in our lives, we kind of forget how to do all that stuff. Is, is that clear? It's, it feels like I have a double thing going on here. It's clear as mud. It feels like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, yeah, it is clear as mud. It's like, okay. I mean, we talked about on one of the episodes how for us, you know, there's a little bit of a, like a 15 year age difference between us. You're 15 years older, but for both of us, we want our man to be the man. We want our man to make the choice. We like having that experience of a man being in in control, it's a, you know, that's not really the right word, but, you know, it, empowered to be, what's that? In charge. In charge, right. To to be his full masculine, right? We also want the opportunity to fully be ourselves, which includes the little girl part, the seductress, the powerful woman, all the pieces. So how do we walk that lane between being true to ourselves as women as a tomboy, as not a tomboy, all those things, and be aware when we're using sexuality and sensuality as a manipulative tool. And I guess use it as a manipulative tool consciously if we want to, because there is a way I think that you could leverage that consciously, like, okay, would, can, can I seduce you? How would you feel about me seducing you? Because you're asking permission. There's permission on both sides to your partner to your man in the heteronormative world that we're swimming in the water that we're swimming in. yeah and the world is changing it is that it's very it's changing very out of the heteronormative world yeah That's it. we'll talk about that at another time yeah but, so we want someone to meet us but but meet us in our too muchness meet us in a, in our full uh capacity in our full spectrum of color and to not be intimidated like by that, but to actually take charge and then be able to have like co-creation. And yeah, and I, you know this, my partner and I think that seduction is a team sport. We don't think that just should be one person. Yeah, I agree. In the partnership being the seductor or the seductress, we think that seduction goes both ways. And if it's only left to one person, then it becomes old. Yep. No. Yep. Yeah, and it, it it does become old, stale, and boring. And then all of a sudden, you're giving your power away, or there's an expectation that the other person's in control, which isn't it. And that feels manip manipulative in and of itself. I was talking with a friend who told me about a woman that he was seeing, and something happened and the the night did not go well and they wound up in an argument and her crying and him consoling her but he really got out of that interaction she isn't the woman for him i mean they're lovers they're not in a in a committed relationship but committed as far as being lovers and then she said to him well could we have sex now and his whole body was a no and then she said it would help heal me it's for sexual healing 
but it was completely manipulation. And he said, and he felt gross and dirty. He said, yes. And he felt gross and dirty after like going down on her and felt so disgusting because his body knew, right? The mind lies. The body tells the truth. You always say this. Yeah. The body right? keeps a very popular book. And it's like that. The body. Yes. Always true. North. Yep. So, so I think there's, there's like a consciousness to using, using seduction as part of play with your partner. And there's the unconscious piece. So how do we, Lori, uncollapse? How do we know when we're unconsciously using, or what would be some tells, right? When we're unconsciously using sensuality or sexuality as a manipulative tool. That is a really good inquiry. Um, we, well, the truth is that we don't always consciously know. Right. After the fact, we about it. One, it's hormonal. One, yeah. hormonal. So like if you consider up until menopause that, uh, that a woman is totally run by her hormones and through menopause, totally run by her hormones, um, sometimes it's not conscious. I Look, my famous story is of uh, my landmark story of being in, a, in the introduction program, 500 people in New York. I'm asked to go on stage and say three sentences. Hello and welcome. I'm going to explain something to you. This is, this is what I'm going to explain to you. I'm not going to. Right. And, um, and the person running the course, running the, the 500 people thing that was going on in New York, says to me, you just seduced all of them. And I'm like, what? And he says to me, you just used seduction to seduce this whole 500 person audience. You used your sexuality. And I'm standing there mortified. And I go, no, I did. And he said, yes, you did. And I said, no, I didn't. And he said, do it again. So I did it again. And he said, same thing. We all need a cigarette. We're, all- We're not going to say this person's name. Yeah. Um, I can tell you later. Um, I know who it is. We've talked about it. I know the story, but he, he said, we, we all need a cigarette. And what'd you say? Cigarette. We're all, we all hot and bothered. We all need a cigarette. You just turned us all on. And I denied it up and down the hill. But now the person I am now, I'm a sexuality expert, like, Interestingly enough, my career took that turn. I now can consciously say, see, because your question was about consciousness. I can consciously say that, yes, I actually was probably being seductive to everybody in enrolling them in what I was talking about. But I didn't know that then. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yep. Like something that was not in my wheelhouse, as they say. Yep. Was like in it unbeknownst. Yep. To me. Now I know that my sexual power is my most powerful 
It's the, it's the creative life force. It's where my creativity is housed. It's where everything that I do lives. And so I could consciously say, I'm turning it up. Yep. I'm turning it down. I'm going to a business meeting and I, I don't want to play it right now. I'm wearing, I'm covering up. Look, I go to India. I cover my shoulders. I wear sleeves because in India, it's respectful to not show your chest right. or right. shoulders. It's okay to show your belly. So I, so I consciously, you know, I know something now that I didn't know then. I was, then at that time I was like 35 and I didn't know it. Yeah. But what I love about what you said, I totally got, you didn't know it, but now in hindsight you do. And you, and you took the time to explore and wonder about that. So maybe that's, maybe it's different for everybody. I know I've had moments where I use sex as a way to get what I wanted or to manipulate a man into liking me. I used to use sex as that to get a man to like me. It was completely hollow, like completely left me feeling empty, you know, and stopped doing that decades and decades ago. Thank God, thank goodness. But whatever hole I was trying to fill in myself through sex certainly didn't leave that hole filled. It left me that hole bigger. And I think when we're unconsciously using sex or sex sensuality, we, the humans who are perpetrating, I'll say it that way, feel, don't feel fulfilled. We feel dissatisfied, unfulfilled. And maybe that's the tell is to like check in with yourself. Wait a minute. I feel kind of hollow. Huh? Let me take the case. Not for sure. Let me take the case. Maybe I was using sensuality or sexuality in that moment as a weapon, as a way to get what I wanted. Hmm. Am I okay with that? Am I not okay with that? You know, and be in the inquiry with yourself. And maybe that's one way to discern. You really would have to be at like a lifetime of mastery, right? Journey. Yeah. I, I, my sense is that the more aware we become of our own internal workings, um, the, that's the consciousness. The more conscious we are, the better we can be straight about whatever it is. I mean, to me, here's what I like for me, the most recent posture I feel like I could take is I am sensual and sexual. I am hot. I do have turn on. I am uh, aware of it and I feel great. So I walk into a room sexually confident, personally confident, successfully confident, you know, being who I am, a powerful woman who was told she was too much, still could be too much to some people, but I walk in and it's like, doesn't matter where I am, what I'm wearing, how, you know, like I'm doing it for me. Mm. And mm. so for some people... That's intimidating, but I'm not intimidating them. Yeah. I'm just being me and I will take responsibility for the fact that maybe I'm difficult to approach, but I'm not using anything against anybody. I'm using my tools, my gifts, my whatever for, I want to create relationships wherever I go, including being sexual 
and sensual with the man that I'm with and before him, including whoever I, I was looking at. Um, I, I, I want to be seen as sexual and sensual to men that I admire in the world. And I don't necessarily want to have sex. And right. I don't really want to use it against them. But what I want to get is, yeah, I want to get their play, their flirt, their fun. And I don't want to be erased because I'm 70. Right. Right. I don't want to feel invisible, but I, ne I mean, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot to unpack in this conversation. Yeah, there is. You know, who are we? How are we? Um, what's influencing us? And like, you know, how do we get what we want? I think that if, if I think that if we erase the sensuality and sexuality from ourselves, we're not powerful. I think we have to be powerful in all of it. I think we have to, I just think we have to be powerful in all of it. And there's a responsibility. And maybe that's the key word here. There's a responsibility to take from beauty for um, playfulness, intelligence. <laughs> yep. Yep. Are you describing me, Laura Handlers? <laughs> describing yourself. I am, and I just told you that before we even got up, before we even started recording. I said, you, you look absolutely stunningly gorgeous. And you know what? There's a responsibility for that. To be that beautiful, that has power. That has power. Yeah, and it's interesting because I, I, am, I am always conscientious of that and think about um, the attention that I get. And sometimes I don't want it. So sometimes I choose not to look like this. Sometimes I got my hair up and flip-flops on and absolutely no makeup and my glasses because I don't, and sometimes I still get that attention. And at the same time, also making sure that I am still friendly and outgoing and nice and connect, creating connection with people. So that people aren't intimidated by something, by the judgment they see on the outside, because those judgments and assumptions come from within others. It's none of our business what other people think about ourselves. That's right. That's the next show. That's the next <laughs> show. It's none of your business what other people think about you. Right. Make it your business to right. own who you are. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think you just made the point here. It is it, it's what I said. Like there, there's a responsibility to being who we are. And the uh, and the part of the responsibility is being conscious of our effect on other people and our effect on ourselves and what's driving things. So, yeah, I mean, I you know, if I was flirting with somebody, I might say, you know, hey, I don't know if you realize this, but I'm flirting with you. Oh, really? I might get at that. Yeah, I love that. I feel like you're flirting with me. Are you flirting with me? Shall we full on flirt? You know, like. <laughs> Something about bringing it all to the surface. Yeah. And well, I love the freedom in that. I've said to people, I don't know about this, but it feels to me like we're having this cup of tea and it feels to me like you're intimidated by me. Are you? Let's talk about it. Well, I you know, one of the reasons I love this, Lori, is because I have a friend, a new friend, because I just moved to where I moved. And 
I had posted something on a Facebook group that's for musicians saying I had just written a song and I was looking for a musician to collaborate with me. And he reached out. Turns out we're neighbors. So he's like, hey, I'm really good with breakfast. Really attractive guy, you know, and I thought there might be something more. And then he says his wife, he mentions his wife. But there's definitely an attraction. And every time we've connected, you know, or texted back and forth, he always talks about I, there's no we. The next time we have breakfast, I'm going to say to him, what's going on? You don't occur to me like you have a wife. Seems to me like there's an attraction between the two of us. What am I missing here? And I had said to him at one point, I sent him an email and said, you know, would you like to have lunch? I hope that's okay. I don't know what your agreements are with your wife. Some women don't want men to be friends with other women. Let me know. And he sent me a text and said that was way too formal. So there's something going on there, but I'm just going to address the tiger in the room. What is it in the room? Elephant. (laughs) I'm going to address the tiger in the room. Yeah, I'm going to address the elephant in the room and just say like, I'm attracted to you and it feels like you're attracted to me and you're telling me you're married. So can can we shed some light on what's happening here. Good. Yeah. I mean, the more conscious and um, outspoken we are about whatever it is, that's, you know, now I've seen, like I just recently had a, a situation where I was leading a course and I had somebody assisting me who I did not know. She was recommended that I take her as an assistant. And I took her as an assistant and it's clear to me that she has nothing, she really has no liking for women so here i was the leader of the course she was hardly listening to me but her flirt was going to every man in the room Mm. and i i was like wow this is a beautiful somebody very beautiful and i said to her somewhere halfway between you know like hey uh could you roll your energy back a little bit you call it back in, like, I see what's going on here. Maybe you don't know how to do that. And when I give you a direction, like, I'm the boss. What'd she say? She was, like, not, she wasn't happy. She she, she was uh, kind of resistant. And I, like, I haven't seen that kind of unawareness, that kind of, like, subtle, like, I have to, put out for every man in this room at all times. Mm. And I just, I said to her, I'd like to see you maybe a year from now, maybe two years from now, when you've gotten some more consciousness under your belt. Like, it's clear to me that you just go in some stream of wind wherever there's male energy and, and anyone in a, fe- in a female body who speaks to you and asks you something or gives you a correction or whatever, you're just going to resist it. Um, it makes me kind of sad. I Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this is a big topic. I think this is, I think we could, I think we covered a lot in this particular segment. And um, I think we might have to revisit this a few times. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear, like, I would hope people would comment. I would love to hear what people are hearing. What are y'all hearing? And like, we, we did, we like, there was a, I don't know, capillaries is what, like in my mind, I'm like, there's so many capillaries. There's so many bloodlines that come out of this. Like, which one do you want us to follow? I don't know why that came to mind, but you know, all the different threads, you know, what do I, what do people want to 
have us unpack a little further because yeah, we touched on a lot in this topic. There's a lot, a lot. Yeah. Both a lot of experience with it. So, cause we've been powerful always. Yep. So it's like, oh, for me, it felt like a big weight and mm. I feel weighted down by it anymore. I just feel like I have some agency. Yeah. With my sexuality and with my power. Interesting. I, I also feel that way now, but I will tell you, you know, when I was raped at 19 and then I was sexually assaulted again, two years later, it was like, don't oh, reel it in. Do not be flirtatious. Do not be sexual. Do not. And that's when I stopped shaving my legs, grew my hair really long, like, you know, became a deadhead, just became it, like in a sense, unattractive, mm-hmm. you know, purposefully to, you know, gained a bunch of weight purposefully to keep men away. And it wasn't until I went through ISTA, which is how we reconnected, right? The International School of the Temple Arts. And in the last six years, going on seven years, all the work that I've been doing that I can reclaim my sensuality, my sexuality, and what we were talking about before we came on air, which was the, the, the date I recently had where I left feeling not seen and invisible, where previously it hadn't been that way. And it was such an interesting juxtaposition like night and day you know and uh i'll i'll have a conversation with the guy and unpack more about it because i know he was going through what he was going through and i know it wasn't intentional on his end you know so to be continued to be continued there's so much here so yes if you'd like to comment please do leave comments let us know that you have questions about this i think this is up in the world right now there's a lot of things up There's a lot of things up in the world. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Till next time. And we're going to work. What did you say? We ought to make sure that we we do this next time, which is what other people think about you is none of your business. So we'll be tackling that topic next time we come around. Yeah. Yeah. This is Lori Handlers. And Jen Koken. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of From the Boardroom to the Bedroom. We hope you'll join us again next time as we continue to traverse the worlds of sex, leadership, power, and partnership. To find out more about Lori, please visit her website, lorihandlers.com. To find out more about Jen, go to jencoken.com. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.